Hi guys, we're in our what fourth? Fourth episode. That's so fun. Actually, oh sorry, Bear just kicked oh, him. No he, he was, he, I didn't know he was sitting so close to me. I'm sorry, Bino. Like he didn't know he was in your arms last week. What was True. that thing that dropped on his right. head yesterday? <laughs> oh, she dropped toothpaste on his yeah, head. No wonder he's stressed. Patrick was like, why did you do that, Mom? I was like, oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> he said, don't worry about it? Yeah. No, come, it came off the shelf. To, yeah, come, on come, his head. Well, come I didn't mean to do that. It's not about meaning to. You did it. Right. Whatever. He's okay. fine. He, he knows he's in safe arms. Now. There. Yeah. Now he's safe. He's like, he's with the dog whispering. Yeah. You protect him from falling too Yeah. He's like, you should see the thing she does for Lincoln. <laughs> okay, nerd, just for a second. Okay. So there's all this discussion. We're huge Turn fans. Though. There's all this discussion about how dark the episode was, and I yes. get it. Well, for people who don't even know what the episode was, it was yeah. the episode to Games of Thrones. Again, Game, Game Game, of Thrones. so yeah, I'm, I'm like King of Thrones, Game of Thrones. That's how. Uh, Probably the biggest battle no, ever in the thing. entire series. I don't know. Battle of the Bastards was pretty good. Then we had the Dothraki. Okay, we don't get that. Okay, okay, I don't know okay. what you're yeah. talking about. Right. You know Battle of the Bastards. I don't. Oh, when they went. And, yeah, yeah okay. that one guy, that terrible, terrible, terrible person. Who's like worse than John. That's when John Snow is under that like a pile of bodies at the end. Right? Yeah, he, yeah, that he was fought a great his way up. But you know what? You're right. Way. Yes, at Winterfell. Yeah, same place. Wow. Okay, anyways, I don't know what they're talking about, <laughs> yes, but I'm um, just, well, I don't, I remember, but not in that kind of detail. Um, but Howard and Robin were talking about how dark it was. Yes, it was and dark. They and they couldn't stand yes. it, and Howard's calling the director out, telling him he's an idiot, which that's why we like, like him. Didn't because... you go to film school? <laughs> Smack and shade, but you know, whatever. But that's the point. The point is, and we, we did the, because in our business, it's the parallels of department stores versus internet type companies that, you know, up and coming new one. And it's kind of like the old versus the new. So they have a point. They're totally right. Like in the world of perfect Vogue shoots and everything, they're correct. Technically, you would never want to light a scene that way. But they're just trying to get it done. But they're, they're trying to get it done. Well, not, I mean, that they had big bucks. Apparently it was 11. Yeah, it was 11 weeks, week shoot. Right? But. They're breaking those conventions, yeah. and they want to make you feel like you're in Part of a the, dark here's the yeah. I That first few minutes, which is when I think it was the darkest, I think it like helped though because it made me so uncomfortable that I couldn't see what was coming. Absolutely. I was so uncomfortable, and then when you finally yeah. see them hit the dead, and like the Dothrakis, like you just see their flames, you're like, oh, And just overwhelmed by an like, ocean of dead like, people. so many people in the dark. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, it made me very uncomfortable. I mean, also, it it made me think of, um, what was that one? The Tom Hanks World War II. uh, Saving Private Ryan? Yeah, like that D-Day scene when they got out of the boat. I mean, it's just like, you feel like that's battle. Okay. Fair enough. So that's what we were just discussing. That we think it was appropriately dark, Howard. Yeah. Okay. It was very dark. Okay, it was dark. It's yeah. all good. Did you think okay it, how, what about you, Irene? I don't know. It was fine. It was not, I didn't have a, I mean, there were points where I was like, what the hell? Do we need to brighten up our TV? But it was fine. It wasn't like it bothered me like that. Yeah, it didn't bother. It was dark. It was dark, but I wasn't deeply bothered like, by the episode. disturb me. It was also it was ranked disturbed. as one of the lowest, like, episodes, like, in terms of what people like, which I don't. I'm not on board with that. I'm not on board with that. Oh, that was a great episode. Oh, but wait, did you bring your quote today? Yes, I did. Bring my quote, and 
this is what I'm thinking. I, of course, I'm a little bit insomniac, so I can't sleep at night. So when I wake up in the middle of the night, I think about like, oh, I don't know. So I was thinking about the this uh, podcast, and I was like, what is... Because I always like to have like a summary or like some kind of a point of view on something. And I feel like as we get more into these podcasts, we would really like to interview people who do things. It doesn't matter. Like, and like we come across so many interesting people, like I said yesterday, coming through the store. And I would love to ask this one question, which I think is really interesting. And it goes back to yesterday. What if you word heard, would you use to describe this type of person as starters? People who start things. Yeah. They're starters or they're, yeah. I think it's just people who could take two sticks, rub, rub them together and make a fire. Um, so that's who, that's the type of person I love to interview and just no matter what they're doing, you know, I just think it's fascinating. So yesterday we're talking about Brene Brown mm-hmm. and, um, you know, she was in her darkest moments after she did this Ted talk and she's always been sort of a private person. But I think her thing was, she was always afraid of becoming the, how great she could become. So she would like, she would say like, she would write a great article, but only send it to the local newspaper instead of thinking I should send it to the New York times. They might want to read this. Um, and I think it was out of her own insecurities and her own, um, inability to be vulnerable out there. And when she would go out and do talks, she would hide behind the shield of being this great researcher. Um, and I guess, so she's been hired by all these big CEOs to come out and train their CEOs and talk about her subject, which is what makes a great you know CEO and what, and so what was interesting was she's like, God, I just spent four days in Maui talking to these CEOs about how they should become more vulnerable. Now, Ted Talks is asking me to go and do a warm-up, and what am I going to talk about? My usual stick, which is hiding behind my research stuff. And she's like, you know, she told her husband, she's like, you know what? I might I might talk about vulnerability. My husband's like, what the hell? Why would you do that? You know, like, just do your own regular stick. And so what happened after that, we all know, um, she has, like, bazillions of hits on Ted Talk. And that's, I think, one of the most popular um, segments that's ever been on YouTube. And so after that happened, I think she got so scared. She, uh, she then like went into full depression and she was saying she went, she watched like downtown Abbey and all this stuff, like into her depressed mode. Great show. And what was happening was she was so afraid of what was going to happen to her because she was, you know, she had not faced up to her, you know, fear of vulnerability, et cetera. And, and all these people, obviously when you put yourself out there, make these horrible comments to you. And I think that just, put her into this hole. So I so think she was affected by the comments. Oh my gosh. She went into like a full depression and like, didn't come out for like a couple days and watch downtown. Abbey. So she was saying after, you know, when you go into those modes where you just watch the thing straight, you don't want to be done with it. Yes. Mm-hmm. So she starts researching on like, where was a castle? Like, st- so you're still in the downtown Abbey world. And then I guess what happened was she random questions she made for herself was like, who was president during this time period? And Theodore Roosevelt came up. And then, so she's like, hmm. So she started researching, I guess, Theodore Roosevelt on Google. And then, I guess, this this quote came up to her. And this is what turned everything around and changed her life, honestly. And this is this, this is the main crux of it. So I thought it was interesting. So this is the quote. It says, The credit belongs to those who are actually in the arena, who strive valiantly, who know the great enthusiasms, the great devotions, and spend themselves in a worthy cause, whatever it may be. 
Who at best know the triumph of high achievement and who at worst, if they fail, fail while daring greatly so that their place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat. With self-discipline, most anything is possible. Discipline equals freedom. Yes, but how interesting is it that this comes at this time when we've been talking about discipline, Mm -hmm. right? But then I thought, that is so fascinating. It's like the idea, and that's why... I want to, when we interview these people, the the crux of the interview is those, I want to find people who's like, those who have entered the arena. No matter what you do, you've entered the arena. Then I want to ask them, like, I want to know, like... And this doesn't mean grandiose things. No! And I think you enter the arena, if you can remember, even at a really young age. Like, when have you been placed into the arena where you're just like, I don't know why I'm here or what I'm doing... And I don't know what the outcome is. How about you when you first moved here? Right. So I was thinking that. I was like, you know, when I was here, I remember the the kids would always make fun of me because I had these... uh, How old were you? um, Seven. But the irony, the best part, is my mom would make me these amazing lunches. Like, there were bento boxes, right? So it would be like rice with seaweed, all this amazing stuff and like beautifully done in this beautiful box. And But those were the lunches we'd get when we were in Taiwan. So I would bring these lunches and everyone had like a PB&J with chips and an apple in a brown bag. Like I had the coolest ass lunch, like bento box and this cool box, you know, just so cool. But then the kids would always make fun of me. Like, what are you eating? Like seaweed, you know, like whatever. What is that? It's a mustache. Like it was horrible. Um, and I just remember. Oh, yeah. Cause it looked like a mustache cause it's black. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. Those little mustaches. The best part is now I go and sometimes volunteer at school and I would say like, 50% of the kids coming out, like their lunchbox, is a huge pack of seaweed from Trader Joe's. They're just eating it. And I was like, or they're having sushi for lunch. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, it's it's just funny, right? So I remember one day specifically, I was like, I was laying out, like we were in that house on Quail Ridge Road. My parents' room was upstairs. And I was like lying on the floor and I was crying. I was like, oh my gosh, go, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not doing it. And I was just lying. I'm not going. I'm not going. I don't want, I don't want to go anymore. They, they're so mean, right? And I remember my mom was like, get up, you know, like get up and pretty much saying like, you, you need to face this. Like, you can't just lie here and cry. Like, yes, they're going to make fun of you, but you need to go back and just face it. And I did. And I think that was like, now I remember I was like, when was the first time I had to enter, re-enter or enter the arena and not know what the outcome was? And I just did. And I ate my lunch and I don't know, like still got made fun of, but I guess it was just one of those things. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just really interesting. Like, can you recall as a child, either of you guys, when you enter the arena, where it's just one of those times where you're just like, you have to do it. Probably when I put myself in boarding school. That's right. Yeah. Um, Because I was early teens, only child, and (laughs) it was a rough time (laughs) family-wise, and I just knew it was... I needed to be at school. So I'd, I'd always gone to the school where I took a, bus, took a bus for 45 minutes to get across. I grew up in Vancouver, Canada, to get across town, take the 710 bus. And I just knew I needed to get out of home for a while. And so my parents were like, no, we can't afford that. So I went to the um, principal at the time and said, this was my situation. He was so supportive. He said, look, you can try for the scholarship. You know, and then there's some money there. So then I studied for that and, and took that test and was able to, to do that. And I was very thankful for that. And I was able to go um, 
to boarding school. So I did that from the ninth grade through the 11th grade. And then in the senior year, 12th grade, I decided that was enough. It was time to then I drive, you yeah. know, and then I came home for senior year. But yeah, that was a whole, going from only child at home with my two parents in a great setup to Lord of the Flies at school. Yeah. <laughs> with a bunch of boys. It. Yeah. And then again, and that was, you know, trial run for college and, yeah. and, and that's just how you. But I think you have to put yourself like, yeah, you have to put yourself into those situations. And those who can come up with something creative like that or do something, I think that's all little pieces of puzzles of can you enter the arena? And like, you Did know. You guys, I mean, I, for me, freshman year of college was very much that. Just being a freshman that first semester away and with the whole new crew of people. I mean, super excited, but simultaneously, like, that was. Yeah. You had to find, it was a bigger pond, you know? Way like, and you pond. had to find your way. I think for me, it was because I got married so young. And moved to Iceland. That's entering that, the arena. Well, yeah. Right? That, for me, just surviving Iceland. From Southern California From Southern Iceland. California. Like, Jeez. you're so in love. And, like, you just, like, are only thinking about getting married. And then, suddenly, I was living in this country. How old were you? so cold. 20. 20. And it was so cold. I didn't speak the language. This was before Iceland was popular. You know? Yeah. And just, I think, like... There's so, whereas almost like pure stubbornness that I stuck it out, if that makes sense. Like, obviously, I'm married as well, but I'm like, no, like, I am going to stick this out where, like, I'm, I have to survive and be scrappy. If you failed, it wouldn't be for lack of trying. Exactly. And it's like, for, I think that's like the thing that at least comes to me where I'm like, like working at that freaking bakery. Is that when you're the baker? Yeah, at four in the morning because I didn't speak the language and I got the bakery. And I was like, you know, in the but back. you were behind the scenes because you couldn't. Because I couldn't speak the, the language. Yeah. So I think about that where I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. But it's the same yeah. thing where you said, like, where your mom was like, you have to deal with this. Like, you can't. Get up and do it. You know? Yeah. You Grit. get up and do it. Grit. Where it's like, okay, Grit. let's go. Let's, let's ride our bike. But I think that's, you know, when people do great, like when you're, the most fascinating people are just like, they stumble across whatever it is that they kind of walk into or they're fascinated by. But it's that, it's not bravery. And I think it's, it's even just... that much more meaningful when you do it knowingly. So yeah. if you just stumble into, through inertia or whatever, into a new situation, I think that's different yeah. than when you're aware of what you you're about to do. It. I yeah. think it's you know? grit. I think it goes back grit. to grit, right? Like you said, I don't know if it's bravery. And I think you're right because I think it's some situations you enter and you don't have a choice but to just survive it. Yep. Others, when you like choose to your choice to go. Okay, I've got it. I've got to get through this. So true. Like it is a different. I feel like they are two different things. I guess in a way, travel is a small version of that. Yeah, but I think you could utilize that quote in so many ways. You know, like I feel like with your everyday life, it could be the silliest thing. Where I was thinking, okay, well, someone if you want to work out, like. Throw yourself into a class, you know, and then it's like one of those things where you're like, be seen oh, by so uncomfortable, you know, but you finish it yeah. and you do it and then you might get really great at it, you know, yeah. and I think it's great. And I think it, it could be anything as silly. It could be anything. Silly as- we saw that really cool documentary on Netflix, too, about it was actually shot lovely about the teenage girl who was having issues yes. and then found her strength through yoga. Yeah. So she had extreme, horrible anxiety, which then turned into anorexia. And then it was a mental illness. And I think what was interesting was she, instead of letting it, yeah, control. And instead of letting it, she was going to die. 
and she found yoga and somehow yoga was the thing that got her through it and she is now a yoga instructor like it's just fascinating but i think it's just one of those things where you got it you can't just sit on the sidelines. You have to enter the arena. Well, I, I really do feel like that. And I feel like, I don't know if this has to do with entering the arena, but just in terms of discomfort, like at least what I've gone through with losing my brother, where it's just going into things now. Where I'm like, nothing can be worse than what I've gone through. So who cares if right. if I'm uncomfortable? In this, like when I went to a yoga class, usually I wouldn't go to a yoga class, but I'm like, uh, who cares if I don't want to do this? I've already but been that's great. the most But you entered into the arena. You did. <laughs> Nothing right. else can beat this. Yes, so. but if you could see it that way, you know, it's yeah. like, okay, let's, like, gladiator up. Let's go. Let's, let's go. Get like, in the it arena. can't get much worse. Let's and let's go. fight the, also the fight the, today. You know, the benefits of the glass half full attitude. Because right? yeah. you're like, here's this horrible thing, but here's a positive thing that came out it of it. It can't get much worse. Yeah. <laughs> and I always envision it's like, if you go into that arena... You're fighting, you're sweaty, you're dirty, like, you know, like you're bleeding, you know, but I think much better to have done that than to sit on the sidelines and not do it, you know, and I think whatever it is that you're doing, you could be just going into that yoga class, you know, like you have to face all those fears. But then it goes back to what's worse, the discomfort of like facing something new or of regret, the pain of regret. What would you rather look like? And to me, it's I'm, tough, you know, for some people, it's definitely really tough. Me going through it. Yeah. I don't want regret. I don't want regret. Yes. And I, but that's also shifted for me because before I might sit in my comfort yes. zone. But, but now for a lot more of people, I'm like, who cares? That's like, tough. You know what I mean? thing we should acknowledge this applies to supposedly small everyday scenarios. Yes. This, that, in fact, those may be even bigger. Yeah. Where it's just getting out of bed sometimes. Yep. Yes. You know? Yeah. Getting yourselves together and just getting out the door. Making dinner. Some days it's yeah. just like that. Yeah, exactly. It is. It's totally true. And I think, but if you could envision yourself, no matter how small the task is, is like, okay, let's suit up. Let's get in there. Fight the good fight. I think you'll feel better about They're yourself. all small no little matter victories. What it is. They're all small little victories and, small. It, and, and don't diminish those things. But That's those small thing. victories add up. They add well, up. Because your blue dots, right? Because yes. we've been out of shape. Dots. We haven't been working out for years because yep. we've been so into this business and it's not been healthy. And we finally got a treadmill and a bike and we've been relatively consistent with it. And even just like for me, I mean, yeah, I'm out of shape from where I was before. So now in the morning for me to walk slash run a mile, like that's, that's significant. It's a lot. And to keep doing it daily. And then even from when we started doing it, wasn't that a couple months, two, three months? Yeah. You know, your whole body's in pain a couple of days later because you're not yep. 20 anymore. You know, but now it's just like it all builds on that. And yep. you've been talking about that with the program you're on where it's like, yeah, the first couple of weeks are really hard, but then it does it get just, better. You're, and, you train yourself. And also I think it's letting go of those shoulds because, you know, because mm-hmm. I even remember with running, I'm not a runner. And now I'm like really enjoying it where yeah. she, she's like, just, just do run it. to what you can, catch your breath, and then go again. And it was like, exactly. to me, I'm like, oh, I I'm letting go instead of being like, you have to be in within this mile no, or this right. time. The fact this. that you're it's even like, moving is oh, a big deal, right? I'm just out. Yes. That's, that's funny. Good. So wait, she says run until you're, you hit a thing, back off a little bit and start again. Yeah, until yeah. you catch your breath. That's and funny because I came to the exact same thing my, with my, because Irene's always been a huge runner. So she's out there like, oh, yeah, she's so like clapping yeah, herself. Like, I, like, awesome. <laughs> I never, no, I have to. I, um, they're like, what the hell is she doing in there? I'm like, 
Because yeah. I have to get myself to keep going. Like, because I'm doing these crazy way. sprints and I'm like, okay. I'm like, oh, like, you're Young can just like go yeah. forever. And I'm like, but oh, you've been that okay. way your whole life. You've been able to run. Running's yeah. never been a thing for me. No. Like, it's just my, I don't know. It's not my thing. You're so, but I found the same, but I can walk forever. And I oh, can I can forever. walk and hike forever, miles That's upon not miles thing, upon miles. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I've come to, I think, what you're talking about, which is I will walk. And then I will sprint for yeah. like a minute or two minutes and then get in that crazy red zone and then back off yeah. and then do it three, four times. Yeah. And then I think eventually I'm just going to be able to run through the whole Well, time. that's what I found is like more and more than I'm like, oh, I'm going now for five miles in an hour. Yeah. And, then yeah. and, and I think <laughs> I think it's awesome. And I think that's every day. It all builds up. I brought that up. All this is to say is that I'm more and more, the older I get, I acknowledge those first steps can be so hard. It can be so hard. And yeah. But so I think hard. I think those little steps of every time entering into the arena of whatever small task, it builds up on itself where then you develop that grit. And that's what separates people who, wow, like I can't do it. You know, like versus like you can do it, but it you, can you have it. to. And you acknowledge it's going to be hard too. Right. But don't go for huge things. Like exactly. Start small. Well, that's exactly. funny you say that because we exactly. come back to, I've right? le- if I've learned a few profound lessons through doing this business, it's because it, it's overwhelming when you have your own business like this and you're not working for a big corporation or another, someone else's shop, it's just impossible. Like there, you cannot get it all done. So mm-hmm. you have to prioritize this myth of multitasking doesn't exist. It's been scientifically proven. It doesn't exist. So you have to, well, talk, oh, I've got two raised eyebrows here. So I'll have to, we'll have to come back to that. But I'll bring the science. Um, we'll bring our brains. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a difference between men and women on the multitasking front. I think we need to save this for a Biologically. Okay, I yeah. think there is something a yeah, little different. I don't disagree. Yes. Um, anyway. Because if you point, think about it, you have to care for your young hunt and gather little berries, maybe weed baskets at the same time. I don't know, back then. Men had to just go out and hunt. So it's like focus, hyper-focus on one thing. I think women, I don't know, there's something to that. I know by, like, scientific, but I do find I that women... In, like what we're talking about, this, or the strength in both approaches. I think they're different, and I think the strength in both approaches. I think certain things cannot be accomplished when you're doing 50 things at no, once. No, well, I agree with that, for and sure. And I think... Uh, there's limitations to the deep dive too, because then you drop a lot of other balls. So I think sure. there's, it's different for different scenarios. But what I would, in this context, I was bringing it up with the overwhelm, when you have your own business, this, the overwhelming thing, what we've learned to do is to bite-size things. Cause that's what you're talking mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. If you just focus on all the tasks that need to be done and all the things that you're not doing, you will be paralyzed. So yep. on any given day or any given hour or whatever, we've learned here at the shop, we've got to chunk it down into small things that you can accomplish. Mm-hmm. And that checklist that we've talked about, where you can yeah. check off, there's power in checking off those yeah. to-do items. But I think I think if you see it that way and you look at it that way, you could build little tiny pieces, like you could have put little Lego pieces together of entering into the arena. Then it's just, that's what gives you the grit that you need when you do face that giant thing. Where you just stick it out in there and you just keep fighting the good fight. Like those guys in Game of Thrones where you're like, oh my God, Brienne of Tar is still alive. Yeah. You know? She super entered the arena. She entered the arena and yeah. has blood all over her face and is yeah. still fighting the good fight. You know, yeah. she will go and fight now Cersei, you know? But I feel like, but that's years of her out in the field. Yeah, training. there's been build-up. She didn't just, like, go in. You don't just go in and fight that fight. She put in 10,000 hours. Yes, and I think that's what makes a warrior and... I would rather, no matter what I'm doing throughout the day, 
enter that arena and do it that way instead of like, oh, dang, I should have done Because there's many times when I'm like, oh, I don't feel like it. But you also got to let go. <coughs> like, shoulds are so dangerous because it's that constant focus on a negative of what could have been. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, sometimes shoulds are appropriate, but just to, yeah. when you should it's on yourself a, over and I over again. I think we do a whole episode just on that. Yeah. We've got a lot of thoughts on that. Oh, yeah. I have a lot of thoughts on yeah. shoulds. I think we should we also should. talk about anxiety in a future episode. We haven't, yes. we haven't talked about that. We should totally directly. do that. We should. We should do that. <laughs> no, but I think <laughs> I, challenge, I challenge everyone to enter the arena, no matter what it is. You know, like smallest things where it's like, I think I'm going to wear my red sweater that makes me feel embarrassed because I feel like I'm, you know, it's like, I think with my clothes, I enter the arena every day a little bit too much, but that's okay. Not but, too much. Not too much. But that's, you know, because like when I go to a baseball game, Everyone's in like a, here we're in Northern California, like a trucker hat. That's what people wear. And I'm like, oh no, I don't own a single trucker hat, but I'm going in there with my giant Mexican hat with stuff all over it. Because you're being true to yourself. And everyone's like, you're being true to yourself though. And that's, yeah, you're, you know, you're doing you. Right. But so enter the arena, dude, it's embarrassing. People people notice in a negative way, it's easier to focus on that, but also people notice in a positive way. The other day at Thatcher, in my weird way at that Thatcher's baseball game and I showed up on my bike mm-hmm. people noticed and then you know <laughs> Greg baseball. the guy who does the all the local daffodils yeah the, the, the cool guy like, I saw you at the baseball game the other day I'm like so yeah people notice people notice in a positive yeah. way too or they're like what the hell but whatever Both. who cares yeah, who cares you know it's just easy. who cares that Enter the arena. what I'm about right now like that's my thing just I get exercise it. I'm going around that's what I want to do also if it brings you joy that's I'm not hurting like, anyone no, it, nothing. Exactly. It's uncomfortable. Right. It is uncomfortable because everyone wants to fit in. And I, I think knew that's that I would it, be noticed right. going there. Right? You know, like, I think that's what's so uncomfortable. It's like, yes. yeah, it would be a lot easier for me if I just wore a trucker hat and sat in the bleachers. And then that goes I, back to your quote. That goes back to the quote that you said where it's like those middle people who neither know victory, who know neither victory nor defeat. Like, I can't. Yeah, I let's go. Challenge it. Wear way. what you want to wear. I would have like, regrets if I look back. But, that's just being risk averse. But that's a small thing that you could enter your own arena where you're like, yeah, oh, I'm I kind of did. This is monumental. No, 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 but like those true. are the little things. Right. Like, oh, I did that today. You know, like, I do have, like, I really I would love. About it. Yeah, and then, like, you always wear a red lipstick. Like, I would love to do that, but I always feel like I'm like this weird geisha person walking around no, with red lipstick. lipstick. No. Right? But you enter the arena. If you feel like it, you should do it. Feel like it? If it makes you feel good, put on a little red lipstick. Why not? And you'll find it's... the red that works for you. Yeah, but it's yeah. so funny. It's like, Things like that. Where One like, upvote from, from me if you're wearing red lipstick. Oh, oh thank you. Oh, then I'll enter the arena. But it's also the right lipstick that you put on. Yeah, you got to find your... Yeah. you got you got to find yeah. your... Yeah. So anyways, if you guys have uh, anybody who would like to talk to us about when you've entered your arena, please write us at... Uh, maybe they should write us, right? Like yeah, customer always, service at parkerthatch.com. Yeah, or, or DM you Or DM Instagram. us on Park... Yeah, at parkerthatch on Instagram. This is we a would love theme for us. This is yeah. I, I really, for me, it's always the most fascinating when I hear about people's stories of when they enter the arena. Like, I guess I never had. I was always like, "How did you start? What you're doing?" But it, it so often goes back to what you were talking about yesterday. Is that vulnerability? It's when they acknowledged like yes. some people that vulnerability and like, yeah, this is when I like I was like I felt this way and I decided I need to stick it out and yeah, because it's embarrassing to talk about it. that. You yeah. know, it's easier to talk about all your wins. Yeah. Then talk about like, oh, when was that first time when I was really kind of scared and I didn't really know what I was doing, you know, or like, 
I had to do it. Yeah, you and had so to do it. It's so uncomfortable for me, you know? Yeah. That just, it seems also, as with so many things, you see parallels in nature, too. Remember we saw that thing? It's a great local show about California oh, destinations. Area. And they've reopened this grove in Yosemite Park California now. California That yeah, was he's awesome. Gone. He'll, he's gone. Like, his full archive's available, though. We'll do that for okay. him. I watch okay. his episodes okay. all the time. Okay. No, this is um, on the road, that on the road guy. Yeah. But they were doing a thing where they've reopened a part of Yosemite that I didn't even know was there, which is where, I think so, it's where Roosevelt and um, John Muir camped, and that's, yeah. 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 And they've redone it, they've taken the roads out, it's now this amazing walkway, and you see these trees, and I've got this visual of those incredible, I think they're sequoias, or the redwoods. Sequoias. And the... those other ones, those 4,000-year-old ones also in California, I think, those gnarled pine trees or whatever. And it's, we've talked about this before. It's hardwood versus softwood. Yeah. Right? And you look at those trees and you can see, you can literally see the fires that have that have tried to take that tree down. And with those gnarled pines, you can see they've just, they're 4,000 years old. Yeah. And, and how they're just, they're not perfect. They haven't shot up. They're not clean. They're not ang- all this sort of stuff. They've worn their battle. They wear their battles on their visage, you know? And, yeah. and I think, and we're, I think our thing, you, you and I have discussed this a lot. It's about hardwood. And you know what? Hardwood is slow growth. Mm-hmm. It's not these, you know, like I think pine trees, these other trees that just shoot up and, but at the first tough wind or fire or whatever, they're gone, you know? That's true. And they, in their own way, these trees, they're in the arena. They're in the arena every day. And I think that's what's, it's interesting. It's really interesting a way to look at life. And like, yeah, it's fascinating. And how did you get to the arena? Well, Irene and I were having a discussion today too about just, it's amazing how your mindset yep. can just make or break you. Yep. Absolutely. It, it really is that, you know, where. Yep. But, you know, it's so funny because I think even the smallest thing that we're doing right now, which is getting up to exercise every day. No matter how tired you are, it really does uh, change your mindset in terms of how you control your entire day. Oh yeah, and how you can, um, you know, before I'd be like, oh, yeah, I don't want to, you know, I can't. Yeah. But now it's like because you did that, that you're like, yeah, okay, let's just continue this on and get it over with. Yeah, and finish it and let's totally. do it. Let's go. Yeah. You know? And I think so. Very small tweaks, like you said, to your day and whatever your action you're doing, could really change it into bigger things. Later on. I mean, that could be as little as getting up and making sure you make your bed every day mm-hmm. or you walk around the block. It's not tiny. Oh, thing. We should no one's asking to. for huge. Well, I think that's the thing is people put huge expectations yeah, on themselves. Like, really oh, gotta, it's got to be monumental. It's like, yeah. no, it doesn't. It can be, I mean, for me, ordering my groceries yesterday from Whole Foods. Like, I know that sounds silly, but I'm like, okay, I'm going to get you it finished done. It. And it's finished and it's done off the list. Oh, thank God they're here. I don't need to think about it. That gives me room to do it. Right. This. And you didn't put it yeah. off. And, yeah. you know, so it's just, it's very small things. And I think. You'll feel better for the day if you just... Well, we were talking separate note, though. We were talking about room to discuss other shows that we watch in the office. Like... Oh, you guys, this... A lot of Bravo shows. We watched the... My what? Like, my... 600-pound life, which we took... We a have a Dr. Pimple Popper. Oh, that was good. I know, but Marissa thought it was gross. I do, but I can still... I can't watch it. It can be on in the background. What else did we watch in here? real estate ones we, we have in the background? Million dollar properties. Million dollar listings. We love that one. Flipping, Flipping out. Flipping yeah. out. I haven't watched that latest season, though. We have a season to watch. Oh, and then your whole theme about how would you characterize it? Not Which murder one? mysteries, but... Oh, oh 
yeah. Well, we watch those. Those are good. Yeah. I do like those. True what's crime. that? What's that Marissa's podcast that we true like? Crime. True crime. My favorite murder. My favorite. Those two girls are really funny to me. My favorite murder. Yeah, I really, really like good. this. They talk about they talk about murders, crime. but in a really dark, funny way. Yes. Arrested Development. We did the full Arrested run of Development. Little it's Britain. always sunny in Philadelphia. Little and Little and uh, and like um, Marissa and Matt said, we it's weird, and I think to a lot of people who are. A lot of people, 10 people out there right now listening to this might think that Stern is a little offensive, but I came from that when first Matt was like, would you like to listen to I was like, oh no, that's gross. But you know what? He's amazing. Howard is our guy. He's an amazing interviewer and he's come really far. Yes. And we learn a lot every day from just, I mean, sometimes it's just stupid, whatever. He, so, knows, yeah. he does go to what you stereotypically think of Howard as right. he does sometimes do that less and less but yesterday he had point. the most in- the amazing interview that was, that was an incredible interview I mean that was like it was an interview where I was I felt like I was hanging out with them yeah and they were being real people versus like mm-hmm. their standard you know whatever mm-hmm. issue answers are and I got to know them really well and there's so many times when I remember I was like I don't know if I really like Lady Gaga's personality and She's then, remember, she turned that around. Eighty degree turn when she and came in. I was like, "Whoa!" I really like her. And that's really happened like so many her. times with people who come in. And there's some people where you think they're really great, and they're they not. Come but in then they're and not. Like, true. I don't like them anymore. That's or true. you're a little boring. You're a little boring. Or you're that's just true. Eh, don't have a sense of humor. Bottom line is, he's an incredible interviewer. Yes. If you incredible. like, if you like Charlie Rose, if you like, I mean, who are the other interviewers? Great. You know, I mean. And who but, else? You. This is what he was talking about yesterday. Is he's unedited? Like, yeah. People we'll on the TV. Places. If you get like, it's yeah. just they. They get time to go to the editing room before it gets aired. He's not. He's live, so it's completely. You're yeah. getting. It's two, fascinating. Like two hours of someone, and he's a really he big part people. of our office. You know, some we just have to listen to him. It's, it's a, a little weird. Part, he's a huge part of our office. It's bizarre, but you know. If you're on the fence, or you're open minded. But don't just randomly turn one on. No, sometimes there are the really like start with there's the a lot of weird it's, stuff. It's on demand now. I think so it's if you yeah. Subscribe. You can get the app and you can listen to interviews. Yeah, on you can just start listen there. to the ones with the interviews, not his when they go crazy. And this isn't the persona. <laughs> this little... isn't the persona of Howard as the game show host. What was that America's Got Talent? It's yeah. not that guy. And no. It's not raunchy Howard we're talking about. Well, there's sometimes it's uncomfortable. We, no, have, not, we have to even turn it off yeah. sometimes, but it can go there still. But other people be interviews. <laughs> other people are interviews. Yeah. interviews. The interviews are good. Yeah, they are. We love Howard. He's he and the team are the. Yeah, it's interesting. It just he's part of our office. So yeah, he's like the, he's like the other team members. <laughs> the other team members. <laughs> yeah. It's a soap opera. It is. It's like a Bravo show. I mean, it's honestly. a cast of characters. Yeah. yeah. That he's made. Oh, Southern Charm. How did we forget about that? Oh, oh Southern, Southern Charm. Charm. Coming back, oh. but t Rav's not going to be on. What? That's right. Yeah, because of the oh, issues. assault oh. issues. Good God. But yeah, Southern Charm. We're he's one of my favorite him. characters because he's so weird. He's so great. Where's my baby? Where's, Where's my, my baby? baby? Oh my God. Okay, I love that show. Uh, there's I, other shows. We've there's been. like, we're, yeah, there's other shows. Yes, we watch weird shows. The the full gamut. Silicon mm-hmm. Valley. Silicon Valley is strong. Barry, we like Barry. Barry. Barry yeah. Barry's Beep. funny. Oh, you're, you're in yeah. the right Barry. Deep is so Barry. funny. Westworld. 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 Again, another show where I was like, I'm not watching that. And then we were stuck in traffic one time at night. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, you're watching this right now. For the longest, I was like, I'm not watching a robot Western show. Like, give me a break. No. 
dirty and then, and then traffic and she robots and then of course i get into it i know <laughs> then she then uh, it was like on a friday and then on monday you're like i've watched the, both seasons now there's yeah because so then i became addicted to it the so story bad. is so whacked out though. it's crazy it really is oh, halt and catch fire oh Yes, another very very odd unlikely one. Interesting. Again, the story. Great story, right? It was a good story. I didn't want it to end. I was like, oh, yeah, but it's like seriously out of the eighties. I don't know what else, but we'll talk about them. Anyways, I think that's enough today for our uh, psychological. This is like this our is, therapy. This session. is We're our therapy. Sort session. of therapeutic for us. I kind of like it. Yeah, it is nice to. I know it's it's interesting, but I would love to. We would and this love is to. What we just talk about all day long at the office while we're working. Yeah, we do. Right? You guys, yeah, it's actually really true. Yeah. It's really true. So but we get team. <laughs> so that's that. But we'll uh, we'll chat tomorrow. More okay, coffee guys. chat with us. And bear. And bear. Uh, bears, look how happy bear is. Oh, no, he loves her. See, yes, you. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Bye.